those who were involved in making it come to life. Join us as we go. Behind the door. Welcome back to the last episode of Behind the Doors for Season 2 with the Grey Rooms Podcast. I am your host, Brooks Bigley, and tonight we are discussing our season finale episode, Outside, written by Michael Zanke. This story wraps up Samantha Winter's epic journey through the Grey Room, Season 2, The Hotel. With me tonight, we have the author of the finale, Michael Zanke. Hey, how you doing? Hi, Zanke, how are you? I'm uh, good. We also have Graham Rowett in the building. Hi, everybody. I mean, How does he ever really leave? And over there with all the sound effects is producer extraordinaire Jason Wilson. Now recording. <laughs> How are you, gentlemen? How is everybody tonight? Not too bad. Great. Yeah. Lots of different time zones, lots of different uh, degrees of uh, of food consumption. Yeah. <laughs> we, we caught Jason with a salad. Some people oh, are yeah. in the process of eating dinner. Some are still waiting. Or yeah, yeah. we're recording this on Canada Day, so the process of eating. <laughs> wow. You guys don't know what it's like being a Canadian. Being a Canadian living in the United States, uh, every time I come across... Uh, uh, process my brain has a little hemorrhage because mm. there's a part of my soul that says process mm. sorry uh brooks <laughs> i derailed us we're doing good it is quite all right <laughs> well, well happy so, Canada day to all of our brothers and sisters up north yes you'll hear this two <laughs> weeks from now but yes well, we didn't come here to talk about food, so what are we here for, gentlemen? What, what? what are we here to discuss? What, what did we just oh finish doing here? We finished We finished Samantha's journey. Yeah. Good times. I mean, I'm not sure she would agree with that, but... Yeah. You know, <laughs> me- metaphorically good times. Right. I mean, I mean, not for her, but yeah, I had it's a good true. time. It's true. Just <laughs> heartbreaking. Guys, I... it. It hurt me. It was what what was narratively satisfying about the ending was that we we got to know one Samantha who was kind and was inquisitive and was developed a friendship with Todd, and then uh, we also discovered that there's another Samantha who's a monster, and so I felt sad for the loss of the nice Samantha. But I knew it was inevitable because it's, well, it's the gray rooms. And B, uh, she'd also done terrible things. Yeah, she was powerful, man. I really loved how uh, that that power she had, the whammy there, I just loved that. That was my favorite part of her when she actually kind of got a little darker. I really enjoyed, I enjoyed the whole ending of the season. It was really fun listening to her. Just, she was awesome. Kind of feels like a theme there is that there's a little bit of a monster inside all of us, Graham. Oh, what? Look at this. What? Yeah. It's, it's, the monster that thinks, it's the monster that thinks process. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, and we, we were all rooting for Samantha, and, and kind of like season one, I mean, I was rooting for Raymond, knowing what he did, 
And here we are rooting for Samantha, and we don't even quite know what she had done yet. Um, so yeah, it was really hard to kind of be revealed, you know, to to see the re- the revelation of the evil Samantha as yep. it kind of slowly took over the good Samantha that we were hoping. Uh, from mild from mild mannered artist to deific god cult figure, it was a it was a long and treacherous journey. Mm-hmm. I feel like we should mm-hmm. tell. Uh... I'd like to see some of her art, wouldn't you? Oh man! <laughs> yeah. It, uh, yeah. Paging, 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 Cassie Pertite. <laughs> we need some, we need some concept art here. Yeah. What what kind of art would Samantha be into? What kind of art would oh, she make? Yeah. What, what is her? What's her medium? Well, and how did it evolve over you know her time with the church? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, once you're a, sort of a a tiny god, right? Like you don't have to worry about like canvas versus potter anymore it's like do i want to use like seven human skins or 12 right like which how many how many people do i use in my sculpture today that's like those are the those are the kinds of questions you get but you know she's still she uh because she's also like it's we're watching uh the great on hulu Mm. and uh it's about uh catherine the great and um peter the emperor of russia and you know when you're one of those when you're an emperor uh, no one's going to tell you your art is bad. So yep. she could be, her art could still be incredibly bad, but everyone says it's wonderful. So I think Cassie can come up some, with some really good stuff. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking, how how would we know if we saw it or not? You know, she snaps her fingers. And next thing you know, we're like, yes, that's uh, the most amazing art we've ever seen in our life. Indeed. <laughs> yes. All right. Please, please buy it for $1 million. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, small bills or big ones, buddy. How how we do this? <laughs> so so, can we get into kind of some some stuff here? Like, uh, Michael, you you joined us um, after after our little um, what what would you call? It? I, I'd say our break. You know, just the break that we took uh, for the pandemic. Uh, you joined us with episode nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, we lost our original writer and. You joined the pack, and I mean, you took these characters and you just fleshed them out, and you continued their their story. And I don't think if anyone said anything about yeah. who wrote what, it, it would just it's a it's a pure, long, beautiful story. Yeah, it's um, amazing. Well, and, like, and there was a lot of ton, tons of great material to work with um, off the jump. Um, mm-hmm. In my day job, I write for video games, and um, it is a sort of a constant struggle with games writing to make sure that the content you're putting in front of the player is interesting and engaging and most importantly like quick 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 um, because there's sort of a very narrow mm-hmm. channel when you're playing a video game for how much sort of story content you want to engage with so my um my approach with writing is very much to let the characters do all the heavy lifting um we had such a great cast great um, voice casting and some really fun character tropes in Todd and Bob and Samantha and the warden. So um, from my perspective, the the job to get us from sort of where we took the break to the end was just um, carrying forward the great ideas um, from the first half of the season through to sort of their natural conclusion. Um, The incredible power that the reverend had seemed to have other people um 
how did that tie into Samantha's ultimate fate? Um, why was Samantha in the rooms like we talked about? Why was she in the rooms to begin with? Um, and then I think one of the really fun things that we got to do, uh, especially sort of in the last episode, is play with the idea of um, what are the gray rooms themselves? And uh, I, I hope no one's going to hold their breath on us answering that question definitively, but like, <laughs> um, even the question of like, why do people end up in the gray rooms, right? Like it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question. And I feel like we had some cool opportunities to at least start to walk down the path of answering those questions. Um, I don't know, but you guys, I feel like the answers we have are, are pretty good ones. Um, and it's going to be really fun to see how people react to that stuff as we continue to unravel it in season three and beyond. Mm-hmm. Well said. Hey, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how, how did you, um, like, how did you kind of continue each character? Do you feel like you, I don't know, do you draw, did you drop like a, a character analysis? I, you know, I don't know how these mm. things fully flesh out because normally there's one way where you create the characters yourself and then you write them versus kind of taking over something else and then continuing on with it. How is that process? How does that work? Um, so like I said, with, with games, that's a, that's a pretty common thing, right? Is like you, you enter into the development cycle at a point where people have already created characters or there's like mm-hmm. something already out there in the public eye. And um, really what it's about is sort of identifying the core sort of elements of each character. What do they care about? What are their motivations? Um, and you sort of like, like with Todd in particular, right? Like he talks in a very particular way. Um, that great, that great voice that uh, Alistair created for him. Um, yeah, yeah, I love that voice. <laughs> and so it's it's a combination of like making sure that they're what they do sort of supports their goals and their their thought process, and then also choosing dialogue in such a way to support um, the you know. A goal when you're working in the audio medium, um, although this is, you, you guys had a lot of trust in me, this is the first time I've done purely podcast writing before, um, but the goal in any audio medium is to kind of be able to, like, imagine you have your script in front of you, like, you, you put your hand over the name above a line of dialogue, and you, the ideal version is you know who's talking just by how they talk, right? So Right, with, right, right, right. With, with Todd... That's a pretty easy ask, right? Like Todd talks yeah. <laughs> very differently than any other character on the show. Um, yeah. But uh, but it's it's trying to aim for that with every character. Uh, Bob, obviously, uh, thanks to our our lovely Mister Growett, um, he uh, he he talks in a very lovely way, and so it's about making sure that the sort of artful sentence construction. Um, that Bob chooses to employ uh, comes across in a really fun and interesting way. Until the end, it's not very pretty. Well, I mean, you know. (laughs) So you've had a bad day. (laughs) Oh, man. It's all right. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I I really appreciate how you said that um, you can kind of cover the name up and still tell who's saying what based on mm-hmm. what they're saying, how they're saying it. Um, that's definitely exactly. the mark of a, of a good writer or even of a well. good character that's been written well. Um, each, each voice, Bob, Todd, Samantha, very distinct, but, but you maintain that, that character that made them. So it didn't feel like, 
I don't know, watching a yeah. sequel with a different actor playing the same character. You know what I mean? Like it, it just felt absolutely one piece all the way through. So you did phenomenal. Absolutely. Well, yeah. thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. As those scripts started rolling in. I was like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Michael, do you do you almost prefer? Uh, I imagine I imagine there are pros and cons to both, but uh, you know, having a blank canvas as opposed to, um, I mean, I think as a as a, a performer too, uh, I would rather have someone say, "Here are the limitations on what I want you to do. Can you do uh, things within these parameters?" Versus someone saying. Uh, you do whatever you want. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. That would almost um, be frustrating. Oh yeah. No, um, blue sky, right. Um, or blue ocean or however you want to, you want to call it, like, especially in, um, a collaborative creative enterprise is almost never possible. Right. Because if nothing else, there are other people involved in what you're doing and you, right. you want to do a service to, um, the people you're working with, what their goals are, what, with what they're trying to do and my like i said a couple times my my background is in games and that is that is the opposite of a blue sky like blue ocean sort of situation there's endless um technological and product facing requirements for any kind of uh narrative in games so um no it's just different challenges right like um the work we've already done on on season three is just a different type of of work we still have a bunch of um I'm going to use the word constraints, but like, sure. it's not, that's not a bad, exactly. Yeah, parameters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a, those aren't, those aren't bad. I think this is a thing that I have talked to. I've had the, the incredible uh, pleasure and, and honor of being able to do um, notes and, and collaboration with, with uh, people that are, are starting out writing. And I think sometimes there's this idea that um, ultimate freedom is, is what you sort of scrape for, as a writer, like if I if I hustle, eventually I'll be able to do anything. I, well, there's there's something to that, but like it's just it's honestly just different challenges. Um, right. There's like there's even a writer who sits down uh, in a you know in his writing cottage with a view of the lake and the typewriter and the blank sheet of paper. Um, even yeah, on one hand, in my I, I sort of imagine like oh well that's that's uh well this is the day i write anything i want but even he is sitting down with parameters for what he exactly. wants to make yeah exactly okay. painted a pretty picture there graham that was very yeah. nice yeah indeed <laughs> <laughs> someday someday when they uh when they option the film rights for <laughs> there you go did you run into any kind of um issues michael with um figuring out how to get a character across the finish line or how to resolve any pending issues? Was there anything like that? I wouldn't call it so much um, issues as it was. Like I was very keenly aware of um, you guys had already done so much good work um, and I, that I, bluntly, I didn't want to screw it up. Um, and so uh, it was a great um, just, you know, to sort of talk about, the process a little bit like it was a great process to be able to pitch ideas to the team and try to carry forward some of the narrative threads from season one and the first part of season two and try to draw these arcs um 
from the material that people were already familiar with to, like you said, some some kind of like a satisfying conclusion. And it was a really fun, um, very collaborative uh, process with everybody offering opinions and, and listening to my ideas and getting to um, iterate on, on the scripts to try and find um, the place we wanted them to go. That's, that's another thing right. that I think is such an underappreciated um, part of collaborative writing is the opportunity for getting notes and feedback and ch you know, changing your writing to fit with the ideas of the group. Um, there's this idea of the writer as sort of an auteur that, you know, the, the, the picture you just painted, Graham, right? Like the, the guy by, by himself in a cabin with a cup of coffee and a typewriter. And certainly there's a place for that kind of writing in the world. But um, the writing that I have always done usually involves sitting in meeting rooms yelling at people for hours on end. Um, <laughs> uh, I got to go back to work tomorrow. Come so, on. yeah. <laughs> so, um, but like in a, in a, like I said, in a collaborative, creative, like engaging way where everybody's very, um, everybody wants the thing to be successful. Everybody wants the, the outcome to be really positive. And so, what you end up getting is all these these different viewpoints and being able to synthesize them into something that that makes everyone happy. That's that's like when I can kind of look back on on a script, look back on a narrative experience that I've I've helped to shape, but I I did it in the context of the goals of the other people I'm working with, in the goals of the broader project. Like that's when I feel really a lot of satisfaction. That's when I'm like, yep, I did I did my job that day. Amazing. Amazing. That's amazing. Awesome. And so Yeah, all the best. <clears throat> satisfying. Well, it's so satisfying when you can when you can please everybody and it's almost mm -hmm. at the same time an impossible job. Right? Yeah, and sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just agreeing. I said, yep, he's correct. <laughs> well, <laughs> and to that point, right? Like some it's not it's not always possible to please everybody, but even there, right? It's about um mm -hmm. what can we do that hits as many of our goals at a really high bar as we possibly can. If you're um, working with good people and smart people, they're also exactly. going to realize that not everybody's going to get everything they want, but mm -hmm. if you're lucky, you can everyone can get a little something and uh, come away feeling like their their goals have been uh, at least partially met. Yeah. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Damn. That's a great way to say it. I like that. That's the beauty of our team too, is that we all kind of do that. We kind of into it what each person is doing and support and backup and you know, and we're we're so confident with each other that we can we can say safely, Hey, what do you think if you did this instead or on top of this or in this way? And then we know that we're gonna listen to each other. So it's right. it just creates this beautiful podcast. That's, that's how that's how you do it, folks. That's the real gift too, right? Mm -hmm. Is um being able to um you know, not even voice it as a disagreement. It, it never even comes to that. It's more like, what do you think about this? And what mm -hmm. do you think about that? Right. Um, and uh, people who are really gifted at it, um, uh, you know, uh, anyway, I, I'm just saying, yeah, I think, I think we have a really great uh, uh, way of, of working uh, that is, um, yep. is really trust, exciting. Trust and respect, right? Yeah. It's, yes. it's, uh, yes, yes. it's very much, it's very much, um, doing work um can feel you know saying even saying the word work right like it right. implies this sort of um it implies a zero sum environment 
right? Where where people pay other people to do stuff they don't want to do. And <laughs> and I have been super I feel extremely privileged to to be able to say this, but like a lot of the um jobs that I've had over the last 11 years have been about trying to turn work into the output of that work being something that everyone's really proud of that everyone's like happy to be able to have their name attached to and that's one of the reasons i really like working with with you folks is it's a very similar environment where you're willing we're willing to be real with each other and and tell each other what we think and the outcome i think you can like man that uh whew. That last episode is is it's a hell of a thing, uh, Jason. Uh, so yeah, it's been oh, that was fun though, man. I still get goosebumps. It's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, and and speaking of Jason, your production. I mean, this must have been really challenging for you because this is the season finale. Like, you want to put the absolute best shine, you know, on this this last this right. last episode. Um, so you must have also had a field day, though. I mean, there's so much going on between the transitions of Samantha exploring um, the rooms that are in transition, um, uh, between her 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 final meetup with Bob. Like, oh man, how did you determine how to get that sound structure? Uh, excuse me, I just knocked my mic down. How did you how did you determine the the sound effects in that that scene at the end between Bob and Samantha? Uh, well, I mean, uh, without giving away too much, um, well, this is just, the spoiler episode, right? <laughs> just, That's right. We can say everything. Well, I mean, I'm talking about for the entire, I still want people to be wondering, well, was it oh, I got, we got thought it was? Give away you know? all your tricks, right? Yeah. That's right. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I, I have a certain, you know, I've, I've done a, well, to be honest, gosh, I reached back to like the movie Spawn. And uh, just something, it just popped into my head there. And then a few other things. I just, I had just had these ideas of how I wanted it to sound or how it should sound. And then that's how I just went for it. I, I, I kind of thought, what would scare, scare me? And this would scare me. And yeah. yeah, so. And then Graham's delivery made it that much, that much more easier to find the, the right atmosphere and, and vibe because he really like when Bob started getting ticked off, it's like, okay, we're getting, we're turning us up to 12 <laughs> and we're going to, we're going to cause some nightmares. Mm-hmm. I love the sound of, uh, of Bob shedding, shedding his skin. <laughs> uh, that oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. It's such a great, uh, it, it, I can, it, 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 it creates such images in my head that are all, I mean, I, that's another great thing about what we do is that that if we do our job right, there are there are movies playing in in people's minds, but right. every movie is a little different. Um, but they're all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to hear you say that. Cause I, you know, uh, I, I have to give a lot of credit to JM too because JM and myself talked almost weekly on uh, and what we did is we broke the finale up into chunks. We did like you know the first five pages here and six pages there and we broke it up into chunks and that's how we were working and we communicated on what we like what his vibe was as far as the music would go and i told him how i was feeling with the atmosphere and we just really bounced ideas off of each other and i really think that it made the process smooth because honestly i have to tell you this was probably one of the easier episodes believe it or not to work on because of really? uh yeah it really was because of because of the back and forth i had like i we was a lot of interaction with jm 
And uh, we really kind of hashed it out. And, you know, I, I would give it to him. He'd bounce it back, add this, remove this. And, you know, and it was, it was a really good time. But then also at the same breath, this was also an episode where I was telling everybody, man, I don't, I, I gosh, this is my least favorite episode because I felt like, I, like it, it wasn't enough. But then to, to hear all the, mm-hmm. to hear everybody talk about the, how they're, they're picturing it in their head and it's exactly how I was hoping it would be. I'm like, okay, well, then, you know, it was, it was a, success, a successful transition from paper to audio. So, yes. Yeah. And then that's a big credit to Mr. Zenke, too. What an awesome episode. Awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, they're all just words on the page until people say them out loud and put yeah. the sound effects in, man. It's, 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 this is what I was saying before, collaboration. It's, it's what makes it so freaking sweet to, to do this kind of thing. Well, and also that you don't, um, there, there's this fine balance between, obviously some things need to be, be said out loud so the audience knows what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are times where uh, we know that Bob is shedding his, his human facade, and, uh, but we don't have to go so far as to say, um, you know, what are those things coming out of your back? Like, there are wonderful moments where we can just let the sounds create the pictures and and other times when you know we we want to be more specific when we want people to know that someone has a knife in their hand or something and mm-hmm. well uh, yeah, and I, the return of old bob's voice yeah oh man come on now <laughs> i mean when when that happened and, and i'll be honest i did add a little bit more pitch to it just because i felt <laughs> the sheer size of bob at this moment yeah. and i and, and when i was picturing it after bob had shed the skin and was standing there towering over samantha she's almost craning herself backwards to kind of like just take in the the just magnificent horror that is standing in front of her that is bob and uh, so, yeah, it's just, I don't know. And again, Graham, when you delivered those lines and actually put the old effects on there, I, oh my God, I, I had I had Chrissy listen and she had covered from head to toe in goosebumps. It's just like, oh my gosh, this is insane. It's like, Bob is ticked off, everybody. Don't want that That's to happen. Awesome. You know, it's really hard to make Bob, uh, obviously it's hard to, to get him angry, but it's also mm-hmm. hard vocally to to raise my voice as bob it's um the the Mm -hmm. the vocal style i've chosen for him is it's hard to go uh it's hard to do that it's hard to raise your voice as bob and stay in the pocket and i think we pulled it off and you helped uh and obviously (laughs) bringing back his effect also helped too but no, oh, yeah. Um, I remember in the season one finale, he had to do some shouting, and I, I, you know, I, I never quite certain that it still sounds like Bob when he starts to raise his voice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, oh. <laughs> well, he sounded like him here. It almost sounded like he was gritting his teeth at a point. Like I could, like when he's like when he said, "You humans," I, I could see the, I could see the big pulsing vein in his forehead, <laughs> and he's just like. His eyes are getting red and he's sweating. He's so pissed off. I was like, yes, here we go. It's time for everything to to layer in that. You start to layer in that cracking noise and you just know what that is. (laughs) And Sarah, man, oh my God, she killed it. Oh yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. The fact that, you know. Yeah. The I am a God line. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Just, I, it constantly marvels me that, uh, marvel to me that, that she and I are both in this scene and we're both experiencing 
you know, she's obviously experiencing, you know, her mind is snapping and we're creating the scene. But when we recorded the lines, we were alone looking at the script and imagining what the other person would do. And you pray that it all comes together. And, and some of that is Jason's magic. And a lot of that is also, you know, what Sarah does and I do. And it's it yep. still blows my mind that it can be stitched together and sound like it was uh, done with two people live in a scene. Right. I agree. That's a testament on the talent too, but Sarah, she's just much like yourself. Sarah's been one to yeah. just deliver a hundred percent every time. And she's, she's just really awesome. Whenever I get we've, stuff from her, I'm like, God, man, this is going to be yeah. amazing. We've thrown her into so many terrible situations. <laughs> Poor girl, I know my bad. Sorry, Sarah, my bad. <laughs> I can't believe, yeah, I can't believe that there have been some episodes. I think there was one like probably mid-season where I just we just put her through the grinder, and I was like, I just you know slow golf clap, and then she and she continues <laughs> she continues to to bring that every time. Hopefully, Absolutely. hopefully she enjoys it too because I I know that one of the reasons I enjoy doing this is because I want. I want to be able to use my instrument in that way and to, to get to do the highs and lows. So hopefully it's, she, it's satisfying to her in some strange way. Yeah. You know, she's actually, it's kind of funny with Sarah. She's become kind of a, in a, in a, in a strange way. Um, one of the, gosh, not, not marquee, but kind of like one of the uh, staple gray rooms names because of not just Samantha Winters, but she was really big for the teddy bear in season one. And people still right. talk about her performance mm -hmm. as that teddy bear. Yeah. I that hope was, she enjoyed it too. Cause she's a natural and she's awesome. That was why when um, Sam was going to be walking through the roof, some of the old rooms, I was like, well, I mean, there's one that, that she has to go through. Right. <laughs> have right. To. Yeah. yeah. I was so wait. I was so waiting. I know I, I was uh, first off, Michael, the fact that you were able to, uh, you that you went back, you took the time, you went back through uh, episodes, not just from season two, but season one, and yeah, no kidding. wove them into the finale was amazing. And I remember when I first read the script, I was like, "Oh, I can't believe it! We're, I can't believe you did that!" And what an amazing, um, you know, for people who have listened to season one uh, and to the fans, what an amazing. Uh, uh, treat to 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 revisit um not only those stories but oh and then of course raymond oh i'm sure i'm sure brooks i'm jumping i'm jumping in on a, and you're probably going to bring that up but um no go ahead what an amazing thing too to also to bring back the the sort of internal monologue that was such an amazing it yeah was like, it was like genius yeah it's like well, somebody from a present day movie walking into a black and white movie and looking exactly. around and this other convention is happening. What a what an amazing yeah. Sorry, you you well, talk, Michael, because what? No worries, man. It um <laughs> it's just one of the things I really admire about um the check you guys have written for yourselves is is before I came on. Now now I'm a part of this this happy brigade. But the you know, when I listened through the Grey Rooms for the first time, it was just really striking to me how um how you guys were not afraid to to do like the third person omniscient narration in the middle of a scene with active diet. Like that's the kind of thing that people get hung up on sometimes in, in trying to be 
creative and it's just it's such a fun um it's such a fun thing to do um you did that a little bit um in season two also with the sort of uh noir aspects of jake and um I just knew when we went back into Raymond's room that not having him sort of narrate the situation from his perspective would have been a missed opportunity. So um, I'm glad I'm glad it went over well. Uh, I really um, the thing, like I was saying when we started talking, that I, I just I've really enjoyed about the the process of getting to work with you folks is the material that um, you all have created both in season one and season two before i joined it's just really strong and so the the process of of taking the baton and and carrying it forward has been um has been a really fun exercise it's been a, a super super fun challenge um and now looking ahead you know to future exploits how can we take the things that we did in season one and now in season two and and kind of arc that ball a little bit see where that goes Oh, you did an amazing job too, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, it was kind of awesome. I think Brooks touched on this, that from the transition, from the, the first author to yourself, it was seamless. It was absolutely seamless. It was beautiful. It was, it was, it was, the, same, it was the same river flowing the same way. It just felt right. And I don't. I mean, I just I loved everything about it. And you did such an amazing job. I mean, everything that you wrote was ten, five, ten stars. You know, eighteen thumbs uh-huh. up. It was platinum, gold, <laughs> whatever, diamond. It was so good. I enjoyed everything you did. So, yeah. Well, thanks. So man. yourself short on that, man. You're a genius. So. Ah. And the Raymond <laughs> scene, if I may say, was the hardest part of that because I think I told Brooks, man, I gotta. I gotta, I gotta get myself back in the character, man. I gotta rediscover <laughs> Raymond here, man. Mm-hmm. This is hard, you know. I, mean, I can't be a Graham right Rowett or a Sarah Thomas. I can't do that. I'm not a voice actor, but <laughs> man, trying to get back into that role, it took me a couple of days of really hating myself for a little bit at work. Which at work it was pretty easy, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> we degrade yeah. too, man. That's yeah. a, it's a fun character. Can I ask you a question, Michael? So, of course. I, I love to always no. ask the oh, fine, bye. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I love to ask the authors these little you know, in the hot seat questions. Um, mm. So about, um, um, oh my gosh, I've just lost my train of thought here. Wait, hold oh, on. Dear. Jason told me to okay. leave, and I just completely thought. Um, <laughs> give me a second. Here. Stall. We'll stall. Uh, we'll stall. Yeah, you stall for me. Um, I made sure. Uh, oh, sorry. Ever- so here it was. Here it was. <laughs> Raymond and Raymond and Sam. Sorry. So in terms of the Grey Room's canon, is mm-hmm. it safe to say now that did Sam enter into Raymond's actual room while he was serving his time or doing his thing in his room, or was that just kind of part of the Grey Room's messing with Samantha? Uh, great question. Yeah, um, is, yeah. I would propose that the gray rooms is not an experience that lets anything go right so raymond we saw raymond's end quote unquote Mm -hmm. end at the end of the first season right Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. um well let me let me say it this way uh the gray rooms in my mind themselves are a character Right, 
Um, mm-hmm. Bob and the warden and Todd are inside the rooms, but the rooms themselves are also a character. And so mm. a question you can ask yourself then is, what do the rooms want? Um, and, you know, I think we got a, t- a little bit of a taste at the end of season two here of, um, you know, the rooms themselves have sort of a set of uh rules or expectations that they themselves abide by and mm-hmm. Raymond being there even though canonically we know he's he's like kind of done um I think right. that's I think that speaks to some of that um motivation for the rooms I don't want to I don't want to like okay too much more about it like if it. that makes sense but like that's <laughs> yeah yeah that's 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 my that's my take. Um, just to, just to like, yeah. Don't give away too many of my secrets. <laughs> oh no! Oh shit! Oh shit! The uh, um, so this is a really great time to transition to a writer thing, actually, real quick. Uh, there's so there's this there's this uh, tradition in writing um, called uh, on the unreliable narrator, um, and a lot of people think of it like the easy way to think of this is like people in 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 a a narrative setting lying to you but that's not at all how i see it it's um in our daily lives right if you just think about how you act with your coworkers versus how you act with your family like are you lying to your coworkers are you lying to your family no right like we all we all put on and take off personas in different yeah, different facet um, exactly right and the same is true yeah. of as creators as creatives when we have a character say something to you in a podcast or a play or a movie um the things that they say come from a specific place from come from a to borrow from you know a long time ago in a galaxy far far away they come from a very specific (laughs) point of view right i know that story Indeed. I, 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 well, uh, yeah, Star Trek, one? right? Um, oh, yeah, Star Trek. No, Battlestar Galactica. Go lay in traffic. Whatever, Star oh. Trek. But, like, you know, that's the question, right? Like, was, was Ben lying when he said that Darth Vader had killed Luke's dad? I don't think he was. Well, I he just think wasn't he was ready being... for the info. Right, right. But it's, it's, a, it's a question of intent, right? Like, I don't think Ben mm. meant to lie to Luke. He was telling him something that was in his own words from a certain point of view true and that's that's very much metaphorically true also exactly so i think i feel the same way about like when you ask the question like what's the deal with raymond in the rooms um it's about if the rooms themselves are a character right then they have their own point of view and then they they have their own motivations and just because we present something from the room's point of view doesn't necessarily mean it's like objectively true if that makes sense okay okay that's cool that's cool that's a satisfactory answer i like it <laughs> you know when when you were doing the the uh, by the way brooks don't really go land traffic that was a joke damn no no i would never do that don't worry okay good yeah, deal no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um and then the part when uh you uh miss zanke when you were uh, talking about the doors, like the, the actual frame of the door with no doors in it, just blackness. The mm-hmm. thing that kept drum coming across my mind was the old black and white um, Twilight Zone with the doors coming oh, yeah. at you. Yeah, so, I mean, so. Uh, really good job. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I thought that was cool. That's good stuff. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> well, um, before before we wrap up, and I still have a few more things I wanted to ask, um, we have a special treat. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, Graham had a conversation with Alistair and Sarah, and I didn't make it to that, and I'm a little I'm a little butthurt about that. But I found this little device in the basement. I'm assuming the warden left it. Um, Wait, it you went me... to the basement? Yeah, and I know that the basement's Dude. not here, so... Anyway, sorry, but <laughs> I retrieved it from the basement before it was gone. Um, this should let me peer into that conversation uh, that Graham and Sarah and Alistair had. Uh, they actually discussed the season finale together, so um, uh, transition away, please. Thank you, Brooks. Um, welcome back, everybody, or I uh, hope you're enjoying our last behind the door. Um, you won't believe it, but we managed to bring together again uh, the wonderful voice talent that is Alistair Mackey and Sarah Ruth Thomas, who voice uh, Todd and Samantha Winters. Uh, myself, you may know, uh, I voice the role of Bob. Uh, and we are here to discuss the finale, which that's the topic of this episode. Um, and, oh, wait, Brooks? Is that you, Brooks? I, I just made it, guys. I just left the other conversation, ran down the street, and here I am. I'm here to talk to you guys. That's Let's amazing. How did you get from there to here? That's I'm wearing sneakers, man. I can run fast. That's amazing. Well, look, everybody, we've we've come to the end of season two. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, finale was insane. <laughs> oh yes, I'm um, so tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, you know, I thought there. Here are some of the moments that I wanted to talk about, and uh, that that struck stood out to me. One of them that was so touching was I thought uh, Todd um, when he when Samantha wakes up and they're talking on the elevator, and he says he lets her off. There is this tender sort of I'll be I'll be here when you're ready to go back up, and mm -hmm. it was one of the most tender things I had ever heard. Um, so kudos to the two of you for creating such a beautiful, of course, there's no, that, that, that's the other great thing about good writing is that once you read such a beautiful moment, then the next thing that's got to happen is it's got to get burned down. Yes. Which is, apart. yeah. When pulls back oh. her, realizes she's still got her, her powers. Yep. Yep. You have this wonderful, tender moment, and we just have to snuff it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the, the two teens, uh, you know, finally kissed, and then the, the you know, the psycho killer leaps up. But um, is also one of the teens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it crazy also that Jason Wilson appears three times in this finale? Oh my word! Is it, it three? It's, uh, yeah, he's because he's the warden. Yeah, he's also uh, the girl who owns the teddy bear's father. Father. Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then, of course, he's Raymond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The chameleon that is Jason. We, we get to uh, do a little bit of room hopping, mm -hmm. and we get to see him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the room hopping. Um, did everybody, I know that, uh, you know, maybe, uh, Sarah and Alistair didn't necessarily, you know, I mean, I know we, Sarah, you would have recognized Teddy's, Teddy's home. Right. Um, but we had, we had iStation Bravo. We yes. had all sorts of stuff in here. Mm -hmm. 
What did you guys think of what? Yeah, what did you? Uh, I guess let me just hear. Uh, what did you think of the finale, guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, Alistair, would you like to? Would you like to take this first? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, I was snuffed out quite early on. Uh, spoilers alert, obviously. Um, so I, it was quite nice to just uh, sit back and watch the whole thing unfold. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was. I loved it. I loved it. I loved the 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 backtracking through previous rooms, both through Raymond's and your own. Mm-hmm. Um, was backtracking and yet also moving forward, sort of through your own history, was really really interesting. Um, and it, it called back to mind season one's finale, where we had all the elements of the different rooms that were uh, interacting with Raymond and, and sort of collapsing into one. Whereas you were sort of pers- like chasing your way through your previous history, Raymond was being attacked by his, and it goes back to what I mentioned in the previous uh, behind the door that we did before um, about uh, about the difference in how your characters were affected by the rooms and how that all comes to collapse in on you, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry, Karen? Oh, sorry, I didn't interrupt. So sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Um, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I thought it was really interesting that Samantha was getting to choose to go through some of these doors. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, you know, like you mentioned with Raymond, he's suddenly being attacked by these rooms. So that, that was all. Yeah, it was very much an, a forward journey for Samantha. It was very much a, it, it was very much a pursuit of escape um, rather than just being a victim of of sort of the collaboration of what was happening. So it was a it was a really nice twist on on the way that season one ended. Um, a, a very a very different way for it to do it. And I incorporated the the physical rooms themselves um, as well, which I really really like. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the 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 ending. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm talk about from a from a purely special effects um, standpoint. Like Jason completely outdid himself with this episode. Oh um, yeah. Oh for sure. There's so much going on when we. Oh, absolutely. It was the the biggest thing, well, the smallest thing for me that made it such an impact were the pebbles when Bob, in his true form, um, was stomping around and you could just hear mm-hmm. little, little, little pebbles, little fully work under his feet. And I was like, ah, oh, it's beautiful sound design. Oh. It really conveys the the enormity of, of real Bob. As he shall forever be known. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Bob or whatever. I always love the fact with. that Bob's name is not the only reason he's called Bob is because you guys the humans couldn't pronounce his name. Right. Yeah. yeah so technically yes, like fair. real yeah. Bob's in his true form, like we still really wouldn't call him Robert. He's just Bob. No. No. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear him say his name someday and just well, wasn't something behind that like if if you were did Bob say if you were to hear it, something would happen, or am I getting that mixed up with some other what wasn't it if if you could hear it you'd be dead by the time he finished it yeah something like i thought there was wasn't a it like super yeah. long something like, I, I don't remember come on Bob, i don't remember us. that i don't remember <laughs> i just know there was some stipulation i thought yeah he doesn't like it he doesn't <laughs> like it. he doesn't like bob we get the pronunciation wrong humans humans mess it up all the time so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also three when uh you also when bob starts to shed his uh his human suit the sound <laughs> the sounds that go with that are really really good the oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The and jason's uh, always been exemplary out. with the, the schlop noises 
Oh yeah. gosh. Yeah. It's this whole episode. And I mean this in the best way possible is nightmare <laughs> fuel. It is. Ugh, gut wrenching in the emotional sense, in the wellness sense. It is just, it puts you through the ringer. What did you yeah. guys think about Raymond's uh, cameo? Yes. Well, I, I love the fact that they kept, it was wonderful, but I, and I love the fact that we held on to his, inner monologue mm-hmm. uh, yes, because it highlighted the fact that Samantha hasn't had that mm-hmm. this season. Um, In the beginning, there was a little bit of it. I thought right first episode, maybe just there was a tiny bit of inner monologue, maybe just to set was up. It was it inner or was it just sort of, I'm I talking it, to myself as I look around. Oh, maybe. Yeah. yeah maybe Samantha, you're talking Samantha aloud. Talks to herself. Yeah. yeah okay. She talks to herself yeah, yeah. a lot and that's what the listener relies upon is her talking to herself. Mm. I got it. Um, but she's not, she's not that, omniscient narrator she's not that she's not observing everything on behalf mm-hmm. of the listener mm-hmm. it's funny because i thought when they when they when they brought that convention back in the finale that i that there was going to be a moment where sarah was or samantha's like are you are you talking to yourself <laughs> are yes. you? uh, and i'm glad i'm glad they didn't go there because that would have really shattered the wall there yeah, yeah that would have kind of just kill the mood a bit but yeah it was kind of like the return of this um i know in our last behind behind the door uh someone mentioned that you know bob's season one voice like brought back nostalgia um and so hearing raymond's um story uh the way he delivers the story it was kind of like the return of this musical motif and i was like oh yeah, yeah that's how we used to do it yeah. <laughs> well when i hear for me it's the it was the the flicker of the fluorescent bulb in his cell oh, yeah. Uh, yeah it's it, it now like it was such a, a constant in season one and mm-hmm. uh it's it'll be forever linked for me so, f- so when i first heard when it first came back in the finale, it, it kind of gave me chills. It's, it was really effective. It's, I mean, and the, and the, the, the sound of bare feet on cement is so connected with season one of mm, very distinguished uh-huh. gray rooms mm. that if I ever, if Jason ever happens to use that effect anywhere else, it's, uh, it, it Here it's comes really Raymond. dangerous because <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, wait it a minute. It belongs in this certain setting. It is part of yeah. this one setting yeah. and outside of it, just no, absolutely not. It's branded. Um, how about J.M. Scherf? Oh my oh, word. Symphonic music, <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Oh. I love what he has done for yeah. season one and for season two, and it just kept getting bigger and yeah. more and just... Oh. Yeah. I love moments where on the page... Uh, there might not be anything written down, but there's a moment, there's an emotional moment that he sees. It's, you know, it's maybe when, when Samantha is free and she's looking over the balcony and mm-hmm. saying, where is this? But right before she says, what is this place? You hear the shift in the music as she uh-huh. sees it. And that is what I think is, is the, is the real art is um, catching those moments that are, uh, I mean, maybe they're spoken afterwards or maybe they're commented on, but as they happen, that's what really, I think, paints the, 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 the makes the movie play in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, for, I mean, for this season, since Samantha isn't doing the overarching, or, yeah, the overall narration, like what Raymond was doing, right. that's given the music more of an area to play and to fill in the gaps where, you know, if Samantha isn't telling the listener everything that she's experiencing, at least the music is 
cluing us in. And, and he's done such a fantastic job of that this season of using the music as another story element to help, mm-hmm. help the audience further understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I, I don't know if it's, it's something that might be exclusive to people who've, who've worked on the podcast or, or are super fans of the podcast, but I hope it's accessible to everyone. I knew what story you were in before anyone said anything because of the music. Right. Uh, when yep. you when you entered Ice Station Zebra, um, yeah, or Bravo, right? yeah, I was like, ah, oh, right, I know where you are. And as soon as you entered the the Teddy Bears room, I was like, right, I know, I know where we are. I know, <laughs> I know what story you're in. Um, and that was that was, just that was cool. yeah, it was immaculate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, throughout the and season. Oh, sorry, Graham. Well, no, I don't want to. I, I don't want to. Uh, you had a thought on uh, the music still so yeah. keep going there. I was going to say throughout the season, uh, the first season, you know, bringing JM in because there was like uh, maybe two or three stories he didn't do because at that point Jason was still using stock music, but ultimately Jason or JM then did take over, you know, by middle ending up the the season. You can see the progression too, just in his own style of learning to score a podcast. Like he's so mm-hmm. prepared to make the music for this finale now and so he was so prepared to navigate how to fit the music to fit the scenes like you were saying i think because of just the the varied ways that he learned to make all kinds of different music and scoring scenes and everything throughout our season he really went for a unique sound every single episode that really fit with that episode yeah amazing and then to churn out the, um, not churn out, but to create a condensed uh, special track for the patrons mm-hmm. uh, with the Dismal Dirge. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right, every other uh, week. Just, uh, just amazing, just above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Michael Zenke, who uh, took over, you know, writing duties. Uh, and and I'm, I know uh, this is being discussed in the, the rest of this particular behind the door, but the fact that he... Um, he went back through the first season and pulled mm-hmm. elements from season one mm-hmm. uh, to weave them into this this finale, uh, and then also to have his own um, his own ideas, his own take, his own um, uh, world building. Just just amazing. Yeah, he really fleshed out the characters even more to get us to this point to have this spectacular epic ending, basically. Yeah, and yeah. to. To I I my the, the, the my overwhelming feeling at the end, which I was, I felt sad. There was a sadness for Samantha at the end that I felt, but uh, it also was felt inevitable. Like it felt mm-hmm. like I feel sad for her, but this this was always how it was going to be. But the fact that I found myself in that kind of melancholy and also. Uh, you know, this is the gray rooms. I knew this was coming. Um, I, I thought that was, that was amazing that, 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 and it, 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 it speaks to how we're, how well we did our jobs, I think, and, and everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the, with the script writing and the sound design and the music and all of the mm-hmm. actors, there's just, yeah, you're right. You do find yourself, you've been so emotionally fraught going, mm-hmm. well, maybe just maybe, you know, maybe mm-hmm. there, maybe this prisoner is not as bad as, you know, Bob's making them right. out to be. And in the end, it's just, you have to settle into that understanding of, I walked into this knowing what it was mm-hmm. and now the ending's coming and I know exactly what it's going to be and it's still going to hurt. Yeah. So. And it's a testament to, to Michael 
writing a story that made us think that she had a chance. Right, right, exactly. Like yeah, with, with yeah. the writing and just all of it. So it's absolutely, he did at a what fantastic point, job. At what point in the episode did you realize she didn't have a chance? Hmm. I think it's when Bob, uh, you know what, Bob, that's, that's interesting because she finds herself out. She finds herself somewhere different. She finds that she has escaped to a point. She doesn't know mm -hmm. what this new place is. And then mm -hmm. Bob finds her. Mm -hmm. And even when Bob finds her, he's sort of saying it's over. Yeah. And she's, and we're not quite sure initially if, you know, if, if you, you know, listeners of the gray rooms know there probably are no happy endings, but there's at least a moment where you're thinking maybe she's no use to them anymore because of this, that, and the other. So they're going to let her go. And, and it wasn't, I think it was probably, yeah, it was, it was during her conversation with Bob that I realized that, yeah, this is, this is over and she can't. Yeah. Well, cause there's this, you know, during that moment when she's outside and she's looking you suddenly have this realization during that conversation of, oh, between where she is now versus where she was, mm -hmm. where she was was preferable. Yes. Um, yes. Which is which is just devastating. Um, I think I think for me, I think that's definitely the moment that cemented it for me. But the moment she turns on Todd was the moment that in my brain I went, well, she's done. <laughs> Yep, same. Uh, I, Wait, yeah, I completely the, agree. The moment, the moment oh, she turned, I like I, you know, because like you, you, there's, there's a lead up to it. There's a build up where she's talking to herself. She's going, "Don't do it. You don't need to do it. Don't do it." But she becomes so desperate mm -hmm. and just so ready to be out of there, which she can't fault her for. But what you can fault her for is the method in which she. She yeah. goes about trying to escape. And so the moment that she turned on, because this entire time, we talked about this last time, this entire time she's been trying to make an ally ally out of Bob a bit unsuccessfully, but her ally to a degree is Todd. He's, he's, he's right. a, a confidant, a friend for her. And he goes from being a friend to being a tool for her. So that's that, that for me was her damnation. Yeah. No, I I absolutely agree. I, I'd say that was in this entire season, that segment was the hardest Todd lines I had to record. Mm -hmm. Was because Todd's normally quite he's quite an expressive character. He's quite buoyant. He's quite he's, he's normally quite joyous. He does have a serious moments, but he's very expressive. Yes. And to be, I then had to try and convey how he was feeling whilst yeah. also being essentially monotone for that character was very bizarre yeah um, that was a great shift and and a wonderful thing to listen to because mm -hmm. oh. he was I, I i i wanted him to be devastated yeah that you that you'd that he'd he thought he was getting through to you and he you you turned on him yeah. Oh, um, I'm getting emotional here. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, but it's a testament to the uh, like how good the writing was. That like oh, the writing was so good. I I connected to both of these characters at this point. I was like, no, and I was when I was reading the script. I was like, no, don't do it. No, not Todd. Yeah. No, leave. Yeah. No. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, it was it was lovely to hear it come together. Um. Yeah. Um. Certainly in the finished, and, and I love the sound effects that like when you when you go into your um your Unity voice. 
Yes. Like yes. I love what yes. Jason does with the uh, mm-hmm. with the SFX on that, and it, it really like as soon as that started to creep in, you're like, oh no, I, I know what she's doing. She's falling back into her old ways. But she, no, don't do it. Yeah, there's like, there's this there's this unease, there's this this disturbance, yeah. and then she just yeah. commits to it, and it's yeah, ah, she fell off the wagon. Um, it. <laughs> yeah. Um, guys, I uh am so grateful that we uh got to work together this season. I um I know that we will be together next season in some form. Uh, so I'm not going to say goodbye, but I, I I'm going to say uh on behalf of Jason uh. Uh, and uh, well, Brooks is. I, 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 I'm Jason's not here. Brooks is here. But thank you so mm-hmm. much. Uh, it was so amazing to create this world with you guys. And um, also, the person that we haven't mentioned is Cassie. Uh, sh- help me, Brooks Shiver. I always go by her other last name, Cassie Partit. I don't know. I'm wh- sorry. And, and the only reason I use the <laughs> other name is because uh, on social media, I sometimes get mixed up with, right, sorry, Cassie mm-hmm. Partit. I don't know why I blanked on, use the old one, but um, uh, her contributions have also, she, she's the other, she and Hale Scherf are, mm-hmm. who's been taking over video duties. I, we're going to cover all this in the rest of the behind the door, but, but all props to them. This is about, uh, Sarah and Alastair, um, you guys are so great, and thank you yes. for this season. Yes, Thank you. It's been such a blast to play Samantha, and I've loved every minute of it. Yeah, and it's, Even it's... the awful minutes. <laughs> and, and there have been plenty of those. Oh, um, oh boy. <laughs> uh, and it's been Works. an absolute pleasure to, to, keep, to, to keep Todd going. Um, oh, he very, to, to, to birth him out of what was uh initially a one episode patreon character and to have him become part of the full season is a, has been an absolute honor so thank you oh, so much for he's, letting he's me getting his in. own spin-off show i'm gonna give you a head start to run back to oh, the thank other you. yes i need recording. to get back to the other conversation so right, thank so you Sarah, over and now. thank you thank you guys all bye uh see brooks um and i am going to uh thank our listeners uh, for um, taking this journey with us on season two. And uh, I think Brooks has probably made it back to the other studio. So we're going to throw it back to Brooks Bigley, Michael Zenke, Jason Wilson, and, uh, oh, wait, I'm there too. Anyway, we'll be with them now. Thanks so much. And thank you, Graham. Whew, I got back just in time to get the conversation going here again. Before we wrap up tonight, um, I know that we wanted to have a quick discussion kind of about the future um, of the podcast. Yeah. Um, yep. Without giving too much away, um, one of the things that we we were just talking about actually before we even got on the mics tonight was... Um, what can we walk away from season two with in terms of some uh, some things learned that worked well? Um, and uh, uh, Graham, Jason, if you have you have other you guys have other stuff you want to talk about, we should definitely get into that. But for my part, the the thing I really enjoyed the most, if you look at season one and season two, um, 
we've been talking about the gray rooms as a character and you can clearly see how the rooms themselves evolved right not just with the addition of uh todd and jake in the rooms themselves alongside bob but also um the very nature of the rooms changed it was was sort of a cell block a prison in season one and in season two it was this old-timey hotel and without being specific about it i think the I think the success of the rooms themselves shifting and changing with each um, go at, you know, whatever this thing is, um, I think is a super powerful metaphor. Um, And it lets us do, frankly, some really fun storytelling stuff. So I would expect to see more changes in the rooms themselves going forward. Nice. Mm. You got your work cut out for you, Jason. I know. I, I'm looking forward to it, though, because like, like Michael, Michael said, too, I, it is neat if you watch the, the progression of the change of the gray rooms, how uh, in season one, it was a prison, and it was all pretty much like Raymond talking to himself all the time, and then Bob was there to kind of fill in the space and make Raymond just just re- remind Raymond in a, in a very subtle way, actually, about how big of a piece of garbage he was. And then season two, it, it's just this larger, broader cast of characters, one of which is Jake Stone. I'm actually, part of me is a little sad he's dead. I really liked Jake Stone, but... Well, well, I mean, hold on there, Jason, because like we just said, Michael, one of the great, one of the great parts of the rooms is, you know... Yes. They don't leave anything lying on the floor. So they don't let mm-hmm. they don't let you go. They don't let you go, man. I know, man. Reduce, I reuse, and recycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's but but I agree too. I think that the universe is just going to get bigger, and there's going to be more layers to it, and eventually, it's, I think it's just it's just fun, and I, I'm really looking forward to the progress that we're going to have in season three and and beyond. I just I don't know. It's it's a lot of fun, and it's challenging for myself too as a sound designer to always try to make it fresh and to tap on these uh to, to capture capture what is trying to be portrayed from the paper and uh yeah it's just been a lot of fun i'm really looking forward to season three i'm really looking forward to season three actually <laughs> i'm worried i'm worried about bob i'm worried about Bob. <laughs> um i'm not really worried uh, because i i enjoy uh you know, anything that Bob has to go through is, um, is going to be fun for me as a, as an actor, but, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated with Bob's, uh, it feels like Bob is constantly trying. And I think I just probably said this in when we were talking with Alistair and, and Sarah a moment ago, but, uh, you know, Bob, Bob's exposure to humanity is something that is constantly sort of affecting him or 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 trying to adjust his uh his sensibilities and he's he's uh, you know he's been doing this job for a long time in my imagination and mm-hmm. so you know over how many ye- hundreds of ye- thousands of years no matter how strong he is on what his job is and what he needs to do you know, the, the way uh, a river will work the, the bank of a stream, he will eventually be worn down grain by grain. So I, I feel like he 
that actually is it makes him uh, an exciting character and i think to not only play but to write for uh so um mm. i think uh i think he's uh, it's fascinating i i i don't know i'm 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 worried for bomb because i think he can go a lot of ways but i think that's also exciting and uh he just wants to do his job man yeah well Absolutely. bob is definitely a popular one bob has his own fan club now which is amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> got any bob squad any bob squad out there bob squad bob squad bob squad <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the thing you're pointing at, Graham, which is yeah. which is great, is um, you know, not to talk out of school, but um, I think I think if you read between the lines, you, you maybe think about that last episode of season two, you can kind of get a, get the sense of maybe the kind of neighborhood that Bob runs around in, the sort of yeah. you know who his friends are, maybe, and um, yeah, Bob represents in a very concrete way, um, the type of person, um, be they short-lived or long-lived, who resists change, strongly resists change, right? And so the thing you're pointing at, which is which is great, and I, I completely agree with you, is it feels like over the course of season one and season two, we start to see this um, sort of implacable facade start to shift a little bit. To your point about... Um, he doesn't really raise his voice very much. I right. I don't imagine that's going to change, right? But now in the span of two seasons, we've seen him get angry twice, right? And yeah, yeah. that might be the first two times he's been that angry in a very long time. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that takes him in the future down the road. Yeah, I and you know he's obviously we uh, we you know he's going to continue to it's not going to be interesting to write the episodes where he just eats a sandwich so he's going to probably continue to uh <laughs> might be a great episode yeah i i don't know off the top of my head if he ever gets that cake but i think you know maybe <laughs> oh that's right man that kind of a, that's a little bit of a torture for poor bob at the end there yeah, never <laughs> gets the cake it's like man, there is no cake cake <laughs> I, I don't I will I I very rarely do this. I very rarely pat myself on the back very much. But did you did you guys catch that was actually a handoff from season one? Yes, I did. I knew. Well, uh, wait, you, you mean the cake he made for Raymond? I guess I was the only one. The, oh, yeah. Well the the discussion of the cake, yeah. Like yeah, there was this heavy Raymond. implication That's in right. in the season one episode where like it kind of seemed like you wanted some cake, and so I was like for right. Raymond, Raymond's birthday. Remember, right, it was exactly Raymond's birthday. Oh my birthday. God! No, I did not catch that, yep. man. Good job! Wow. Yep. So, so when when it came time for him him to be like, what? Let's get Samantha something nice, right? Like, of course he went back to the cake because it didn't really work the first time, right? So he's like, no, no, no. This time, this time it's gonna work. She's gonna love this cake. And you know, said it too. It's cake. Yeah, she's like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, good job, man. I, I, no, I did not draw the lines. I read that story probably a hundred times, and never once. Wow, that's really good. Uh, Easter egg, Easter egg, everybody. Exactly. And who knows? Maybe more of that. In the- yeah, that's fun. I like that kind of stuff. Not not now. Yeah, boy, I'm on my friggin' toes with you now, man. I'm gonna have to really, really pay attention <laughs> to this, these stories, and I have to really dissect them when I'm reading them now. Good lord! Yeah, you should, you just don't, don't, uh, don't forget how to do Raymond. That's all we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Well, gentlemen, um, I want to um, I want us to say our thanks. I want to. I know that Jason loves thanking JM for the amazing, beautiful music that he always gives. Oh my gosh! But maybe yeah. if we could, if we could all just maybe just go around and just think we want to think. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a good thing to do. Yeah. I want to thank. Uh, well, we're all th- going to thank the same people, but I think um, uh, just to just to take some pressure off of uh, you know, uh, I think we're all thinking of 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 JM, who I mean, we've created right. such an amazing team uh, that I think you know we're we're all we all keep pinching ourselves. Um, JM, uh, as our uh, resident composer and musician, has created a sound scape and a, and a, and a musical variety and style. And, and, and just, just, we're so lucky to have JM, uh, with our music and Cassie, uh, with all of our, uh, all of the art that is being made is so, uh, amazingly, uh, I mean, my, just all the words right now are, are just not good enough, but, um, and also, you know, our brand new website that everyone should go to that Cassie.com made Graham's.com. Uh, and then of course, Hale Scherf has joined the team of with our with our video yes. content. And uh that is a whole uh you know, that is so amazing and and uh anyway, we're I'm I'm just gonna I, I just sound like an idiot now, but we're no, we're, you don't, we're never. a really great team. And and everybody here uh, in in this uh, in this conversation and a very welcoming team. Um, it was yeah. a it was a pleasure to be able to join you guys midstream, and you made it very easy to hit the ground running. Um, Cassie and JM included super 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 fun challenge, and um, excited about next season. Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, guys! I want to thank first... the authors. We we got to thank the authors. All of the authors oh my, that have well, been yes, submitting yes. stories well, yes, well, and making everything what it is. Yes. Let's, let's coming continue. on and doing these behind the doors. All of the actors that, that yes. have made their voices onto the gray rooms and familiar ones and new ones. I mean, this is this is even bigger than just the direct team here that's 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 putting it all together. There's so many people yes. involved yep. in this. So thank yep, you, everybody. Yeah. Actually, it's kind of funny. Cassie today has been give, sending me screenshots of emails from season three submission authors that have been told they're going to be there. And it's, it's really cool. Um, still, being the person that had the nightmare, it's really, I, I don't think I can ever put into words or even an emotion to express my personal gratitude to everyone because this was a bad dream I had. And I figured one day I told, you know, my wife said, I'm going to do this. We all know the story. You know, I'm going to do this. Here it is. You know, and the fact that it's here and it's awesome. It doesn't suck. It's amazing. I mean, we have some of the best voice talent I think I've ever heard in my life. And, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I'm just going to toot our own horn on that one. But, um, <laughs> and the, the authors, the authors, these stories that we get are absolutely amazing. Brooks is right. I mean, we don't get... I mean, we get really talented storytellers and um, it's really cool to get them to put, to bring those to life and to see their reaction. And then, you know, and then Michael, he came in and he just, I mean, I'm telling you, 
Michael Zanke really opened up some doors here, y'all. I'm thinking that there's going to be there's going to be some really fun roller coaster ride in season three. No pressure, Michael. And um, well, we're going to have a good to, time. To your point, some of the stories coming up are just so creative and right. um, just really inspiring. the The frame story that we've been talking about, the the rooms themselves, and the stories of Todd and and Bob and um, whoever, you know. Maybe there'll be someone after Samantha. Who knows? Um, right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, all of that stuff is fantastic and super fun. But the individual narratives of each episode just are what make the rooms such a fun, special, different horror podcast. And right. Oh man, mm-hmm. some of those season three stories. <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. I know. I know. And I'm not going to mention it really right now so much because I need to tell the patrons first. But we have we have a change coming up for season three and it's a big one. So it's not going to be a change of format or anything. It's just I think that the listeners will be very pleased at the change and we'll we'll really real reveal that a little bit later down the line. But like Brooks, I, I cannot forget you. You always do such an amazing job. You've helped me a lot with a lot of logistical stuff and you're really good with social media and you've really helped me out. I mean, there's a lot of things that I could not do that you have made me able to do or understand. And then of course, Cassie, we all know Cassie. Mm -hmm. I talked to her all dang time. Her Mm -hmm. artwork is phenomenal. The website is amazing. She's also really good at cracking the whip and getting me. Jason, finish the dang stories. Yes, ma'am. Sorry. I'll finish the (laughs) stories today. My bad. And we all know I love JM. I, I love JM. I, I have a crush on JM. <laughs> there it is right there. <laughs> it is. I love JM. I, 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 every time I make a story, I listen to it and I'm like, okay, I, I, this is how it sounds. This is neat. Like listen to these sound effects and stuff. It's really cool. I like the, to get the voice actors in here and, and everything just sounds cool. And I hand it off to JM and it's like going to bed and waiting for Christmas. It's like, oh, okay, when am I going to get JM's music? And then I get Jam's music, and it's that big red present in the back of the tree that the lights are hitting just right. You're like, ooh, I'm going to open this, and I'm going to give this a listen. And, boy, it's always so exciting. And Yeah. And then, what? <laughs> um, she's, she's giving me a hard time back there. And then, <laughs> but then, uh, but then uh, also, yeah, Hale. Uh, Graham talked about Hale. Holy cow. And what, what the heck? I didn't realize that we were getting – such a talent with her and just gosh, she kills it well we also didn't our know our videos are uh, phenomenal right we've been it, it's been taking us a while to figure out what our video uh output uh should and could be and i think we're right. finally getting our stride and and the fact that we have someone who is so um kind and uh productive not just productive talented and, and yeah uh, artistic visionary yeah. We have such a great collaborative group who, as Michael hearkening back to respect and um, what were the two words? Trust. Michael, they were good words. Respect and trust, man. Oof. That is nice. You know, I, I got I have to tell you, you that all of y'all that it's really cool knowing that like Graham and everybody, they're going to always deliver a hundred percent. It's always going to be just absolutely like, Emmy, Emmy worthy performances. And then I know that I can send that off and they know that I know that they know that I'm going to do my stuff. And then, yeah, it's definitely trust and respect is for sure. And with that, Graham Rowett is somebody that we all need to give a lot of respect and props to as well, because because of it's because of Mr. Rowett (laughs) that these wonderful voices you hear coming Mm -hmm. into these stories. He is 
a very keen eye for talent. And he brings these wonderfully gifted and talented and just super cool people into this world to work with us. And not to mention Bob, uh, we would be nothing without Bob. Come on. So I, I again, I cannot stress enough every single one of you in the team and who has been part of this and even the listeners, all of you, I appreciate all of you. You're all amazing. Bob squad. Hell yeah. Well, I don't think any words can be spoken now. I mean, you pretty much said everything, Jason. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, but I want to give it, give it, uh, um, Brooks, you, you don't, you, you never get, I, I will constantly, uh, just one last shout out to you, my friend. You don't get, right. I mean, uh, you are the glue that holds everything together in a, in an amazing way. And I, I think that you are the secret sauce in a lot of this. So uh, just wanted to say that. <laughs> Thanks, man. The Mick Brooks. It's the Mick Brooks, everybody. <laughs> wow. I love it. It's <laughs> coming creamy sriracha sauce. <laughs> Thanks, Whoa. guys. And on that note, <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go paint some rainbows and hug some Care Bears because I'm all happy right now. Um, Do it. <laughs> so that's that. I mean, it's 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 crazy. We made it. We we finished our season. Uh, BTD is over, but behind the door, excuse me, that's what we call it internally, the BTD. Um, I, 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 I can't thank everybody enough. You know, our patrons, thank you so much for supporting us. Um, oh, here's a question. What, what will be oh, the yeah. next, what will be the next, what's the next thing that potentially will appear in the patron feed? Uh, because I, I can't be certain, but I'm pretty sure there's other things in the pipeline, am I right? Yes, sir. Well, yes, we have something special coming from JM. Um, oh, sure. For higher yeah. tiers, and uh, in fact, that'll be act. That'll be by the time people hear this, that'll be out oh, yep. in the wild. Mm-hmm. But um, right, uh, right. Yeah, sorry. And well, Jason, we earlier in the season, we put out a call to the uh, call to arms to our patrons, and we asked for anybody who would like to participate in an actual story having your lines recorded and produced into a Bane episode. And it's almost done. So that will be one of the ones that's going out. And we have a few more Bane episodes. So we'll be releasing quite a few Bane episodes uh, in the off-season for our patrons, as well as, of course, the preseason episodes that we will have for the Gravers. But yeah, that patron Bane story, which I'm planning on trying to do maybe one of those a season, maybe more if I can, but uh, it's just patrons. The actors are are our patrons. It's kind of neat. So even though our season is over, there will continue to be more things uh, popping up in the patron feed and uh, and yeah, elsewhere, obviously. Right. And then and and I don't think the planned uh, hiatus is. It's not like people are going to be waiting a year for the next season. We're we're already in production. People, so just I think that's also good to know because I never know when a podcast season ends if you know if they're gone for six months a year or a month or so yeah, right just just without putting it too fine a point on it people should know that we we don't plan for a long hiatus no and I, I think we yeah, did we, it last season too correct me if I'm wrong here but I'm pretty sure we did it last season to kind of make sure that even though we are having the quote-unquote break in service, to prepare and do everything for season three 
we would release our patron stories to the public in increments, as well as the preseason stories for the public. So I think they still receive something at least monthly while we were gone, mm -hmm. if not yeah. more. So great. Yeah, yeah you're so right. Good. People can expect stuff yeah. to continue to come along, and uh, and we're obviously very. We're not, we're not, and they should know that we're not taking any breaks. Uh, nah. We're diving, we're nah. diving right nah. into the next nope. part. Yeah. So join us on Patreon where the fun is continuing on or wait until season three starts. Yeah. Don't, wait. don't wait. Yeah. Don't wait. Don't <laughs> wait. But, but don't wait, Craig. Just join us on <laughs> Patreon because we got lots <laughs> of stuff for you. We got lots of cool stuff. <laughs> Rock and roll. Yes. Well, I think that about does it. Um, thank you. Michael Zanke for joining us tonight and for being hey. with us and a part of yes. us and on our Thanks team for with me. us. Yes, always. And thank you, Graham, for taking time out. You're you're out and about right now. Thank you for speaking Happy with Canada us. Happy Canada Day, belated Canada Happy Day. Happy Canada everybody. Day. Happy belated Canada hey. Day. <laughs> and Jason, thank you for um, letting us interrupt you in your salad. Yeah, uh, man, so I was a good damn salad. I'm so sorry. I didn't. <laughs> it's okay. Nourishment uh, is always appreciated. Awesome. <laughs> so take care, everybody, and take care, fans, and we'll see you Bob's soon. Squad. Bob's 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 Good Bob's luck. <laughs> Bye. Join us each week after every episode for another edition of Behind the Door.